All right, Will Robertson, of course, acting up and <laughs> acting up radio.com. Uh, quite a day already. Um, I am in rare form. I'm thinking it has something to do with my teenage years and flashbacks, but we won't get into that. ActingUpRadio.com, of course, is where you can check everything out. Hey, um, if you didn't hear the last show, it was awesome. Um, of course, Jen Page and really had a good time. It was, you know, she had been on the show before, a director in Hollywood, Hollywood, and she's awesome. And women directors and anybody in the industry have often said, you know, women, that they're the ones that should be running everything because uh what's my saying behind every great man is a woman in front of him with his car keys and directions so he doesn't get lost <laughs> that's the truth anyway um great bit of a home week here and so with that being said i've got someone on the show today that has been on the show uh, before and i'm very excited because you know the fact of the matter is is that and, and it's fun because it's a variety uh, person, someone that isn't necessarily, well, they are an actor, but the point is, is that their main deal, their bread and butter, and that's probably what he has to live off of because he's a comedian. But anyway, the point is, is that um, he is out here and I'm going to have a conversation with him. He's been on the show before, but I want to start off by saying, because there's a lot of, I get a lot of direct messages saying, hey, Will, can you make me famous like you? And I'm like, well, I can help you shift your paradigm and let you know that you're out of your mind i'm not famous rich or anything as a matter of fact uh dead broke but you know that's the life of a performer but let's focus today on everything outside of just the acting of course we might talk about it with the guests but uh, let's talk about uh, being someone that has other skills like comedian like uh maybe uh, a magician or a clown like 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 i am i've been like that for a long long time it's not easy doing what we do and we're going to talk a little bit about that today and some other stuff because you know i remember back being a, a professional clown in the 80s and 90s when most of you weren't even thought of maybe even your parents weren't born and you know driving around in my car and in a clown as a clown going to a gig and it's not easy they look over at me and they'd say oh and they're kids and they're waving and it doesn't matter what was happening in my day and I'm just saying that's very tough. It's got to be tough for a comedian. We're going to find that out. And I'd look over and I'd smile and be happy. It didn't matter if my dog died, my my wife left me, or I ran out of ammo. I had a choice between being a professional clown or a cowboy singer. But the fact of the matter is, is that it's not an easy gig to do. And with that being said, I hate to bring you in on a, on a, a sour note there, Daniel Eaches. Uh, comedian extraordinaire and actor but welcome back to the show brother yes thanks for having me and to answer your question from earlier i got the bread still working on the butter oh so. damn snap yeah. whoa well gee are you just trying to get organic so it's more expensive or what it's just it's just all expensive comedy's hard yeah, anyway yeah <laughs> so uh, we're going to get to the fact that you've got an album release. And by the way, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. Get, you contacted me. I contacted you. Whatever. Um, two cups and a string on Instagram because we're following each other. Or let me just say, I'm following you. You know. Um, but the fact <laughs> is, is that you can get Dan Daniel Eaches on Instagram. Is it just Daniel Eaches? It's actually Dan Eaches. I go by Daniel, but yeah. my Instagram's Dan. 
because for some reason I thought, oh yeah, shorter is better, even though it's like three letters. Yeah, and, and now, um, now everybody's running yeah. around going, "Hey, what's up, Dan?" And you're like, "You know, yeah. I freaking hate that my dad used to call me that when he was mad at me." <laughs> so, do you go yeah. by Dan, or do you like, "No, man, it's all good." You know, I'm like just formal. I'm one of those I'm one of those people. If somebody calls me Dan or Danny or Greg or something completely cool. wrong, I just won't fix it. I'll just be like, "Yep, wow, that's who I am to you now." Wow, is so. that? That saying anything about your, I mean, your personality, like if someone says, look, I'm going to step on you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I draw the line there. Okay, good. Unless they're comfortable shoes. (laughs) You go. I can manage. Yeah, they're like, what do you call those shoes that all the women were wearing that really hot that I thought were dumb, dumb shoes, the big ones, fluffy. Uh, Slippers? No, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Thank you for simplifying my life. But no, Ugg Ugg boots, Ugg boots. Oh, Uggs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's a generational thing. For some reason, the thing that came to mind was, have you ever seen those? They're like sandals, kind of, but on the bottom... It's that material you like. You clean the floors with them. Like you put them on your feet and you clean the floor. Oh, it's like a mop. Yeah, I don't know why it came to mind. That's hysterical. You know what? That's there's some comedy in that. Boy, I mean, it's, it's visual, <laughs> yeah. but right, there's, there's some comedy. It's what I wear on stage every day: mop shoes. You, and it's it's not for the comedy. I just I just enjoy cleaning the floors. Yeah, or you could say simply, look, I am a huge Muppets fan. And so my hands are useless. So I thought I'd try this bit with the, anyway, Daniel Eaches, of course.com D A N I E L E A C H U S.com. I made a joke off the air saying I'm having you back. Maybe it wasn't on the, off the air. I can't remember anymore. What's what? Uh, but, uh, the fact that I'm having you on the show because I can finally say and pronounce it correctly. Eaches, which is really very simple. It's yeah. each and then us. I mean, what the hell? How did I have a problem Every- with that? Everybody does. They see the E and the A together, and then their minds just explode, Boom. which I get. Yeah. Uh, I get album it. release. By the way, I made the joke, or not joke, I was being serious when I t- uh, sent a message to you on Instagram because you won't allow me to text you on your phone. Anyway, um, but... Uh, the government won't. The government will allow, yeah. It keeps stopping me. Um, it comes back in Russian. So the bottom line is is that I was uh, really kind of confused about your name and how to say it and everything like that. And uh, anyway, so I had said, hey, man, you got a new record coming out. Did you even mm-hmm. have a clue what I was talking about when I said that? Because you're like <laughs> in your 20s, aren't you? Yeah, but I knew. I knew what you meant. I still... My, I have a manager and she says, I, I feel like she says that a lot oh. too, or like put it on tape, but still. Oh, nice. I feel like I hear that a lot. Is she old? Yeah, yeah. Cool. She's God, listening. I hope so. She's yeah, listening. she's my manager. She's yeah. not. Yeah, like a, <laughs> she's 11. Like an 18 year old. <laughs> <laughs> she's really good social influencer, but she's 12. <laughs> and all my followers are Bieber people. That's even old. Even to say the Justin Bieber fans. Well, who am I? I know. He's even not- when you were joking, joking around saying parents not born in the 80s or whatever you were yeah. saying yeah. earlier, I was like, oh, that's not possible. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, no, that's possible. That God. people were born in the 80s? Well, the, their parents no. could be born in the 80s and then listening. That's crazy. Yeah. My brothers were born in the 80s. That doesn't sound like that I'm long really, ago. Yeah, it is. I'm tired of you depressing me. Let's move on. <laughs> Seriously, I'm I'm sitting here in my 
pajamas. Anyway, um, and well, you need some I'm, mop shoes. I need mop shoes, and they could talk to me, and this whole show would be <laughs> different. Well, obviously, we've taken a turn for the whatever here at the show, actingupradio.com. DanielEachesAgain.com on uh, Instagram. It's Dan Eaches. And what about Twitter? Don't you have Twitter? Uh, yeah, Twitter's the same as Instagram, Dan Eaches. Dan Eaches, okay. And anything else that you are – well, you have a YouTube channel, don't you? Uh, I don't really put stuff on there, but oh, yeah. cool. I mean, you could follow it if you want. Don't do it. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't confuse your life. Just follow you <laughs> on <laughs> whatever. All right. Hey, the album coming out is called Carry the Pillows. Um, yes. That is First time saying that out loud, by the way. Nobody knows that. Really? Yeah. You let me have the first? Yep. You are totally on my Christmas list. Dude. Yes. Swedish. Um, okay, carry the pillows. Um, first of all, let's be obvious and say, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> it refers to a, a joke that I have, so you gotta you gotta oh, okay. listen to the you album. Gotta buy the album. Mm-hmm. Gotta buy the record. Um yeah. is this your first uh release of this type? Yeah. Yes. Uh I debated it before in the past, but uh the record label um that I worked with, they're super good i know a lot of comedians who have gone through them and, and just had a million good things to say so i definitely could not uh turn it down and uh we made magic happen so. you did and i have to tell you that i heard the i mean you you uh blessed us with a 15 or something actually it's probably less than that 10 sec, whatever a small clip and um that's all you've given me but i have to tell you it sounds really good i mean you sound mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's, you know, when you have good quality uh, sound, uh, I'll just say comedy sounds so much better. You know, there's not a bunch of like, <laughs> and people rustling around and you're like, I'm on a, you know, in a, in a, a, a geranium festival in a huge stage and no one's listening. It really <laughs> sounds good. I have to tell you that I'm really yeah. impressed. And the joke, <laughs> just damn funny stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, they, they do a, a great job. And I know they've had a lot of big name people they've worked i know right now they have uh dimitri martin's album they're blasting out and they just did george lopez's last album so dude you're big they have a lot of stop that <laughs> get right here on this show it's a motivational show get stop that stuff oh it's true you're huge they have me yeah uh, and then oh you sounded really yeah. convincing right there <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even say your name like they have me uh, you gotta say <laughs> well, i'm Daniel still trying Eaches. to figure out I'm still trying to figure out how to say my last name. So there you go. It's because uh. of the spelling. Uh, so okay, l- let's let's talk about this a little bit. By the way, uh, the album release date, record, album, tape, eight track uh, release <laughs> date is ten to eighteen. That's uh, of course October second. I'm still trying yes. to figure that one out. The whole months and days of the year, uh, ten to eighteen, and pre-sales start nine twenty-five eighteen. Where would they be pre-sailing? Uh, oh yeah. So we're doing a lot of like album release shows, uh, and such. Um, we got two shows in the Fresno area. If anyone nice. is listening from Fresno, um, it's at the, the Chico's in old town Clovis. And, uh, that'll be September 27th and 28th. And then, uh, we also have the Ontario improv. It's like our big Love that. album release show. Cause that's a day after the album comes out, which is October 3rd. And, uh, yeah, pretty much every show I do, San Diego, wherever, uh, the week before the album, um, I should have the album by then, I think. So I'll, I'll oh, have them at the shows and, um, in, in and, what, in what, in like a so, DVD or something <laughs> yeah, or a thumb drive? 
Yeah, vinyl. Wow. Yeah. I, I will have actual CDs. It's weird. That That's like the weird one. That's been the weirdest experience throughout this whole thing is figuring out who still listens to CDs and who downloads albums online. And uh, yeah. it's been interesting. It's kind of half and half still. Really? Um, yeah. So I do have CDs and, and then it'll be on iTunes. And I, I don't know if it would be on Amazon. I'll find that out. But yeah, at least iTunes and uh, Spotify, Pandora. Serious XM. Wow. All that, all good that stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if you hear this in the background. This <laughs> is the garbage truck coming by the studio and they're emptying the garbage. And that's always a good sound effect for a radio show. <laughs> Let's be clear. Do you have Tuesday? I have Tuesday garbage days. Yeah. That's- yeah. yeah. Um, I, I kind of used to freak out because when I lived in Vegas, they would come at like four in the morning. <laughs> no idea why. And like maybe it's because that's when everybody goes to bed in Vegas or wakes up. I don't think wakes up, but I would go, oh, wow, they're gone. That was a quick run. Oh, forgot to put it out. Um, anyway, uh, but I, they would come super early and I would be totally stressed because I was working with Cirque du Soleil and I'd get home at like two and I'm like, oh, I forgot the garbage. And my wife's like, gotta put the garbage out. Anyway, and then recycling that's a stressful time right there do you break down boxes be honest with me do you break them down uh, or cram them in and step on that's them? one of my skills it's actually on my resume <laughs> breaking I, it down <laughs> oh yeah i break down the boxes you're writ, you're writ. uh <laughs> wow okay um okay so uh now this show uh this show in a album form carry the pillows by the way mm-hmm. um ctp yo there's got to be a gang Ooh. sign for that. Um, no, there will be. Good. From now on. Uh, I want to see it on Instagram, inspired by Will Roberts. Uh, so the question is, Do you? is this like material that you is brand new and you're going to start off the new on the circuit going, hey, man, uh, I know the other one was a Dirty Pants tour, but now I'm on the Carry the Pillows tour and it is this stuff. Is it different? And I don't mean that to say like, hey, man, have you changed your accuracy? Recently, but <laughs> but the fact is is that is this new stuff that people are going to hear and they're going to go damn dude that's awesome or the fact that you've never done an album and this is like all your best stuff what is it why did yeah, you do it it's funny i i uh i don't know why i did it no i i, I went in I saying this. okay i've never done an album this is going to be all my best stuff that i have all my old stuff i'm not going to work on anything new i i probably had a I, I think I, t- I tell a lot of comedians I had too much time. I think I had three months uh, notice before filming it. Oh, really? And, wait, wait, wait. Uh, filming it? I'm sorry. You or, f- sorry, recording it. Oh, uh, God damn. God, where, when me. was I born? Holy um, moly. <laughs> Who filmed uh, three comedy albums? <laughs> they actually did film it just for promo yeah, they should. stuff. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, so I had three months notice, and that was a little bit too much time to where it, I, <laughs> in the beginning, sort of knocked out everything within like a few weeks where I'm like, these, these are the jokes I'm going to do in order. And then I just had two months of sitting there. Wow. And so I was, you know, writing a lot of new stuff cause I, I wanted cool. to do a lot of shows to promote the album. And I was like, Oh, I want to have new stuff for the shows. And then I just started liking some of that stuff so much that I was like, well, this should be on the album. And so then I start, and then the three months started coming up and I'm like, Oh, but I'm not done with my jokes yet. And then it wasn't enough time. Oh, it was stressful. It's a lot like breaking down boxes, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, let's be clear. It, not Amazon boxes, because they have paper tape. 
It's uh, the other boxes that I could uh, possibly end up on a roof with a sniper rifle because <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, I'm like son of, and I'm a guy, I'm a weapons guy. I'm like, damn, I need one of my whips, machetes, whatever, because I can't get this damn tape off. And it's some mom and pop that sent me something. I hope they go out of business soon. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the slippery tape. That's but, what you're talking about. Yeah, right? it's yeah. like you know when they started making. Here I go back in history. Damn it! Uh, when they started making envelopes, where it was like, "This is the no tear envelope." What's the purpose? I can't get the envelope <laughs> open now. Anyway, uh, Daniel Leaches, of course, DanielLeaches dot com. D a n i e l e a c h u s dot com on Instagram. Dan Leaches. Oh, by the way, you told me that if people follow you or something with Instagram or Twitter or whatever that they can get into this special uh, deal. What's the deal? Help me. I'm yeah, struggling. So, so, so the uh, album release show uh, October 3rd at the Ontario Improv, I have uh, uh, free tickets for it. If you just DM me on Instagram, follow me on Instagram. So That'll it's be not fun for you. lost. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Write me at three in the morning too. It'll be <laughs> your garbage, Dan, this. your garbage. Get it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, message me on there. Just tell me how many tickets you want. Um, don't tell me like a million, but yeah, right. uh, up to a certain number. Uh, yeah. J- um, free tickets for that show. It's going to be awesome. If you've never been to the Ontario improv, it's, it's cool. One of the like, yeah, it's, it's what, it's one of my favorite rooms to do. The, the laughs in there are just extra magical for some reason. And, They're uh, canned. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. It's no one in there. You just <laughs> really? press. It's cardboard uh, figures. Exactly. You press play on the uh, eight tracks and it plays a uh, laughter. But you so. feel good. Exactly. That's all that matters, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so let, let's dig deep. You got time? Can I talk to you for a little bit longer? Ooh, all right. Should I sit? Yeah. <laughs> I want to tell you about some results I have. Um, <laughs> no, I just asked you that because I always tell people, like, it's going to be 15 minutes. And unless you're riveting, then it's going to be, you know, 20 to 30. So you're at 17. So at least you've piqued my interest. Oh, nice. I'm yeah. riveting. Yeah, you are. Well, no, I said 20 to 30. If I let you off in the next minute, it means that we're going to a break and there's a reason. Um, Anyway. (laughs) I'm approaching riveting. You're approaching uh, riveting. All right. So let's go back. First of all, you are a professional actor as well. If you look at your credits, you can certainly go to danieleaches.com and I'm sure see all of this because you have an awesome site and you'll notice that he has an MO and that would be a beanie and that's not a beanie baby. Um, Uh And so uh, you can see all this. You have your IMDB on there as well? Uh, I do. I, I sh- on my uh, uh, bio, it should link to the IMDb, Thank unless you. it's not connected anymore. Because I haven't <laughs> checked that in a while. Good to know. Uh, <laughs> so, did you start off as an actor, or uh, kind of? I, I in in school in high school there was a like a school wide broadcast thingy uh, that we did, and um, our teacher, for whatever reason, was just he was very set on this idea that if you were delivering the news for the school there had to be two anchors you had to have an anchor oh and halfway through the year (laughs) yeah halfway through the year um i had a few friends in that class and one of them lost their anchor partner he went uh not in that that sounded really bad he just moved schools that's all (laughs) yeah he moved to a different school but uh 
yeah so the the teacher was like oh you can't be on it anymore and that was like he was like really upset by that and so i had been toying with this idea of doing sketch comedy on there which wasn't really a thing but i was like let me be a let me be an on the field field reporter nice and our teacher was like i don't know what that even means and i was like let me just try it so i gave up my anchor partner to him so he can keep doing the news and i uh became the first field reporter who uh reported on everything that wasn't uh news at the school really yeah no that's awesome And and i had a character that always wore a beanie and that's how you knew that I was that character, and that's where the beanie originated really? from. Really? Yeah. Some guys yeah. do, uh, like, la- the the football touchdown they didn't make, and you got a hat? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Cool. A warm hat, too. A warm hat, yeah. No, that's very cool, and I'll tell you that that, and I'll just say, because at some point we, I need to give some pearls of wisdom here on the show, either one of us does, and you've started it quite well in the sense mop that... Mop shoes. Yeah, mop shoes. <laughs> no, uh, the pearls of wisdom are that, uh, you, you know, when I, I worked for Fox and CBS, but as, a, as Fox, I was a kids club host and you know they specifically hired me because they went we want you to be uh, as well for cbs we want you to be the man on the street which is what you're talking about which mm. is uh you know and i always told the news department i go i'm not gonna do i'm gonna do like let's do like people save the dog this family right here saved this dog isn't it cool they're like the news director a good friend of mine said uh, did anybody die Oh, cool. Yeah. No, because it doesn't bleed, it doesn't lead. But the point is that I'm trying to get to is that the 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 chops that you get that uh, that probably honestly, Dan started Daniel, Dan, Daniel, my friend, <laughs> Daniel, my brother. Um, anyway, it really gave you the improv, the comfortable, being comfortable on camera and speaking and bantering back and forth to people and having the you know the cutting edge comedy uh, chops that you have. Would you agree? Uh, definitely the improv, and I don't know if you'll agree with this. For some reason, when you're like doing that man on the field thingy or whatever yeah, uh, you call him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or in a field. Yeah, whatever. A <laughs> What's he doing over there? I don't have a clue. He's always there every day. Anyway. Yeah. But you're, you're, you're much more alone. And for some reason it really helped to like, I don't want to sound stupid here, but like kind of develop a relationship with the camera yeah. because it's just you yeah. and you're witnessing this. Whereas like if you were an anchor sitting in, I don't know, there's just like a lot of people, most productions, there's just a lot yeah. of people standing it's around and doing things. Yeah. And, and here's just you and a camera person and you're in a field and or street. Yeah. Uh, or wherever. And I don't know. It that that helped uh, a, a lot, which I think translated really well, especially doing comedy um, uh, later on with like commercials and stuff yeah. like that. Of just like having this feeling like the camera is a person watching you, as yeah. opposed to just this machine. Right. And and you know what? Becoming comfortable with the camera, but understanding the difference between mugging and being mm-hmm. and, you know and being stupid. Now, a great case in point, and I'm glad you brought this up, is that in news, because I spent uh, several years in it, is that if you watch anchors, there's tons of YouTube videos of anchors, here it is, I've got air quotes, trying to be funny. 
and they mm. rarely are funny. And the reason why is because they follow a teleprompter and they go blah 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 blah, and then they'll be like, "It's uh, St. Patrick's Day," and they'll be like, "Oh, and and you're going, "Man, I'm twitching the channel because this is stupid," and it's because they don't have that man or human on the street or in a field, and that whole thing. You're right, developing a relationship with the camera, knowing that you have to also listen to what your person is saying to you and going oh and having the timing uh when i was younger i did a lot of uh a lot of theater and one of the things i specialized was in british farce well there was a theater great dinner theater and it was wonderful we did no sex please we're british a lot of great shows that are funny stuff but the problem was that a lot of times they had a lot of very beginning actors they were really great and they looked good they always made sure they were pretty but the problem is i called that catcher's mitt theater and it's a phrase that I've used for many years, and that is, is that they never knew their lines. So I always had to make sure I'd be, and I never gave them their lines because I was improving the whole time. But you know, you'd sit there and you'd have to have a watchful eye, yet be in the scene and in the moment with these people, and be able to come back with something and get people back on track for the show because someone did write it. And they're like, wish you'd do my show. But that is the same thing you're talking about, is that it gives you that stuff that later on in life, if you're a performer, that has the the essence of comedy. And, and, and really, comedy is in the moment, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, uh, all that stuff really, almost even more than stand-up, I felt, um, really uh, translated well to, to acting more uh, later on. Yeah, I, I hear you. So like, what's the essence, if you don't mind me asking, uh, here we go into comedy. You uh, transitioned into that because obviously you said, wow, people are laughing at me or some other dysfunctional reason. Um, but the fact is, is that uh, I, that was really a joke, by the way, Daniel. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No problem. Um, wh- tell me the transition and uh, h- how do you really sit down and start jotting down stuff and going, Hey, I think that's funny and remembering it. Um, I feel like I, I lucked out or at least things, uh, uh kind of went my way in terms of, I, it's going to sound weird at first, but I actually played jazz guitar in wow. high school. Wow. And, uh, yeah, that's I was weird. in a jazz band. And, yeah, yeah. We did really well. We, um, won a bunch of awards and stuff like that and actually cool. recorded, an album or filmed an album, uh, if you will. And, uh, we, uh, uh, having that, I felt like playing jazz where I would, we would, we would be competing places and you'd be playing the same songs over and over. So it wasn't completely improv. Um, but you would essentially write a solo and then play that solo, maybe improvise with the little notes here and there, but you knew you were going to be competing, so you wanted the solo to be great, so you wrote it down, and that notion of, I wrote something down in my bedroom, Hmm. and here I am performing it live for a bunch of people, mixed with that uh, man on the street, uh, thinking I was doing for the school and getting laughs, just sort of melded together into stand-up comedy, if that makes any no, sense. It, well, it does. It sounds like you've just told me that you're very organized. Are you a left brain or a right brain? 
Uh, I mean, you're whichever creative. one is is the I, yeah, I'm kind of blah. I'm a very organized person. Okay, yeah. um, you got me beat. Yeah, and I'm good at math and stuff like that. Yeah. But I've always been creative too. I'm a superhero. Uh, oh, actually, well, good to know that. So yeah, yeah. Well, at least a, at least a legend in your own mind. Um, well, that's why I can fold boxes. There so you well. go <laughs> and break them down. Break them down. Yeah. Uh, well, I have to tell you that it, it seems to me because that's one of the things that in my stuff, or I'm sure many others, I just go, wow, you know, I know I can get up and speak for an hour and a half because I've done keynote and really have sort of a basic, but I use a PowerPoint. I don't really <laughs> think they allow you to do that in comedy, um, but maybe that would be funny. But the point is, is that, you know, there's a lot of uh, things that um, are very difficult to do in stand-up, and I would assume keeping yourself on track, I mean, do you have a napkin or something that you have by your side <laughs> to cry or... Or to have your stuff written on? I mean, how do you do it? You're up there for what's your longest set? Uh, I've gone over an hour. I Holy doubt moly. that was any good, but I, I normally <laughs> if I headline, <laughs> I'll, I'll do like an hour, um, okay. which I, I'm comfortable with. But I, I think what helped me a lot was that I a lot of friends had told me I should try stand up, and I didn't really know what that was. Yeah. I'd seen it on TV, but sure, I'd sure. never seen it live, and uh, I moved away uh from fresno to uh to long beach for comedy yeah and uh uh, sorry for college and uh it just made sense i was in a new place i didn't know anyone it was like i have nothing to lose (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna go to this open mic and try stuff i can't what am i what's the worst that gonna happen i don't know anybody here and i think having that mentality was really important for starting out that's smart um, that's very yeah. good there there you go our, our words of wisdom for the show because that is a smart concept is that move somewhere where it's not like uh, iowa somewhere in iowa <laughs> and just start doing comedy because I, I i get it um and then what it just blossomed yeah i i um I actually, in Fresno at the time, there wasn't really a comedy scene at that moment. Um, And uh, so so I had never grown up seeing any stand-up shows or anything like that. I was in the dorms when I moved to Long Beach State. And in the dorms, you couldn't stay in the summer. So I had to go back to Fresno literally a couple months after I started. So I had like five to seven minutes of of material. Well, when I had moved back, when I had moved back to Fresno for the summer, um, there was a new place that just so happened to be starting up, and they saw me as a veteran because oh, wow. I was three months in. You came in big they, fish, <laughs> and they were zero months in. So yeah. this was a this was a big deal. So what I would get these huge amounts of stage time. I would uh, they would bring in headliners from from LA, but I would, they would have me feature, which means I was going up right before the headliner and I would be doing 15 to 20 minutes. And, uh, for somebody who only had seven at the time, it really forced me to write. And I knew there were people there. And, um, and then when I moved, uh, you know, then summer was over, I had to go back to Long Beach. I came back and everyone was like, Whoa, what happened to you? (laughs) (laughs) you, This guy disappeared for three months. Now he's got 20 minutes. Um, So I don't know, forcing, there is something forcing yourself, um, to, to write, um, is super important and, and doing quality shows. So many people get obsessed with this idea early on in stand up that it's all about quantity. You got to get up five right. times a night and to a degree I've had those, you know, 
months where you get up 50 times or 70 times or whatever it is. But um, doing quality shows where you know there's going to be an audience, where uh, you know you're going to have to bring your best every single time, uh, it goes a long way. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, great story. I mean, truly, uh, really appreciate you telling that story because that's sometimes you just got to lock yourself in a room and throw away the key and just say, I'm not coming out until, you know, something happens. But also the big element, especially with what we're talking about in entertainment is the fear factor is, is that if you sit around and you kind of just like meander around and go, I'm just going to, I'm going to go to a comedy club and watch some stuff and, or wherever. And you're just going to kind of like hope to kind of get it. It doesn't, there's no, you don't get comedy uh, by osmosis. You just don't, you got to get up and apply it. And great story because I, love to hear the fact that you were like uh, you were going you're not bi-coastal but anyway um but you were going back and forth from fresno to long beach and and you had the opportunity because quite honestly i'm going to be a little spiritual here you obviously put it out there and you're like look i'm going to try to do this and you know some stuff fell into place for you and you were able to kind of do that a real quick uh real quick thing is that when i was younger i wanted to get even better than doing the catcher's um theater that i was doing at, uh, at improv and so i i'm a balloon artist so i basically called up el Chiritos, uh chevy's uh applebee's and said i'm gonna come in there you're gonna pay me 50 bucks in a meal and i'm gonna make tips and i'm gonna walk around doing balloons and i'm a balloon artist and so by doing that and forcing yourself to open you know get in between someone about to eat their food and the dad who hated you because he had to give you money if you were good <laughs> it allowed me to be able the same thing is that i had to gain the balls i hate to say that in the air but to be able to you know get that down but when you finally do and you see the formula which is what i'm getting to is is that you realize that if you're n- making fun of the people and not with the people dad you're not going to get money. So mm-hmm. I love your story because it really gives us the background about how Daniel Eaches really um, is why you're as funny as you are. And I have to say it, and I'll give you the compliment, and that is is that you're very natural at funny. And it's because you're just being you. And I can say that because I've, you know, talking to you on the air and I've seen you at once. But <laughs> but the bottom line is, is that I'm pretty sure that you, you put your pants on. If you put them on, you put your pants on the same way we all, we all do, which is a great thing. Yeah, not currently, but I, I do usually wear pants, yes. Spray-on pants. Yeah. All right, Daniel I, li- I like... Oh, sorry. No, no, go. I liked liked that story a lot because it pushed me into riveting. I'm now into the riveting minutes. You are. As a matter of fact, you stepped over the boundaries, and now the next guest. Sorry, I hope you're just going to talk for five minutes because you're done. Uh, Daniel (laughs) Eaches, of course, DanielEaches.com, D A N I E. I always get stuck on that. D A N I E L E A C H U S dot com. And of course, on Instagram, it's Dan Eaches. That's D A N Eaches. And then on Twitter, the same thing, Dan Eaches. The album is called Carry the Pillows. How can you forget that? Especially if you're allergic to pillows that have got down in them. Carry the Pillows, uh, release date 10 to 18. And the pre sale starts, of course, 9 25 18. And if you can go to Dan's website, you'll check out when at some point they'll tell you where to get this wonderful amazing product that you'll be driving down the streets listening to laughing out of control and rear-ending someone yeah 
Yeah, and go to the Ontario Improv, October 3rd. Message right. me, free tickets. That's right. So message Dan on his Instagram, and you can get into the uh, – what's the date again? October 3rd, the October. day after the album comes out. And what is the day of the week? Do you remember? Um, I think it's a Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. I might Let's try say to Wednesday. make it. I might try. Yeah. Yeah. I, I well, probably tickets won't be able cost to get in. for you. <laughs> they probably <laughs> double. Who's that guy? I don't know. He keeps following me. Dan says. All right, Daniel <laughs> just I appreciate your time. Any last uh, tips or words of wisdom or anything you want to say? Just make sure you get out there, buy mop shoes. They're funny. I love them. Mop shoes, and then get a marker and draw little weird faces on them. They'll look <laughs> just like our press. Anyway, it's now time for uh, our next segment. Union working with Kevin E. West, uh, talking about stuff happening in the union, out of the union, around the union, and here we go. All right, Will Robertson, of course, acting up at actingupradio.com. Welcome to the week. And uh, it's actually a good start of the week, I'll tell you that much. Um, I Yesterday... Uh, started the week, so that would make it Monday, uh, on set, and it was a union film. Well, let me just say that it was half union. I was like, what are you talking about? And I learned something that in being, I think, since 19... See, I started in like 82, something like that, 84, 85. Technically, got my SAG card when I was 80 in 85. But I didn't know what you how you could do a production union... And non-union, and uh, and my of course my uh, union working person, guest, the man, the myth, the legend, Kevin E. West is in the wings, and he can chime in any time he wants because I am full on wanting to devote a bunch of time to this wonderful subject we call the union because I'm feeling alone in the union, and so I wanted to kind of have my good friend Kevin E. West, who we have uh, dialed in, and thank God he has decided to come on every week and have this. Um, conversation. And by all means, I'm never going to beat up Kevin or, uh, you, you know, I'm never going to point my finger at Kevin, although Kevin, I bite my nails. And so it's not a very big nail to point at you. But uh, Kevin, welcome to the show. Uh, I appreciate it, man. Happy to be here as always, brother. I know you are. I love you for that. I love you for that. So um, the, the, and I forgot the phrase. So I'm on set, I'm working on a feature and I got a day on it. Good scene. And uh, I'm talking to the people and it's funny. It was a civil war film. And I'm like, Hey, let's take a picture of everybody. Cause then we'd have truly a union film. How <laughs> was a civil war joke anyway. And, and one of the crews said, yeah, we're not a union crew i'm like what are you talking about well i i was told by the producer i know the, i'm union i've got a un- principal and they went yeah you are but we're not and that's called what kevin uh that's called the normal course of business for our other affiliate unions but wait uh okay this IOTC, is where i guess the confusion ayatsi crew yeah thank you not um, yahtzee the, not yahtzee but IOTC. no no ayatsi they uh I'm not going to, obviously, IOTC does not encourage, uh, you know, non-union work or for their members to be, quote-unquote, scabs or work off the card, but they have a different uh, philosophy and also different union rules about when their members, quote-unquote, work off the card. It's very different from SAG-AFTRA. Got to tell you. And and that does not change the fact that, be clear... That I'll give you, like, for example, on this film, and it's and it's much harder for them on a film than it is a commercial or a television show, right? 
because of the the nature of uh, <clears throat> the way those two different mediums are done versus a film. Right. But just for example, well, let's just pretend that you knew somebody high up yesterday on that film production. And let's pretend that you tried to do that selfie at seven o'clock in the morning, not the end of the day. And you decided to text that person and say, hey, man, um, I'm on a film with union actors and non-union crew, you know, WTF. <laughs> I'm not telling you that I also would do it based on this, in my opinion, in my experience, depending on the size of the production, who was involved, who the stars are, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, I actually will show up and shut down a set or try to. Really? Absolutely. Absolutely. They will. Well, uh, and and it, so they, will they SAG. They do it all. They do it all the time. Yeah, and I saw some recent post with your SAG uh, on SAG, the the boards or the I'm sorry, union working, and saying, "Hey, uh, we got this. Let's show up. Let them know." Um, but the fact is, is that they do they get in trouble if they don't? Let's say they don't uh, come on set and stop it. Can the crew get in trouble? No, that's what I'm. That's what I'm sharing with you. Is IASI has an entirely different. Uh, philosophy uh, and and legal within the union guidelines attitude of of their members doing non-union work. Okay, it's not the same. Gotcha. It's not the same. Gotcha. So that, in essence, to me, translates to the fact that our union. I'm sorry. I guess I don't know if I can say that because I'm FICOR, but um, no, you can say that. Good. Our union, uh, and this is and this is just not me throwing this back at you because we are both in the relatively the same boat in the sense that we're looking at the same outcome. We are actors that deserve to work, and uh, of course, you know, you got to get the job. And then when you do work, you deserve to be well compensated and feel like, here's the air quotes, and they're up, fingers are up, uh, a union, which means a, a peep one uh, of one, and knowing that people got you back. Uh, because I pay dues, I know you pay dues, and, you know, those dues go to make people, you know. Right, and yeah. that's part of what you experienced yesterday, is, yeah. is exactly what the W&Ws are that start on Monday, which are the you know wages and working conditions yeah but that's exactly correct breaks yeah. by certain hours and being fed yeah or as the joke i used to say you know shooting some a project in the mojave in the middle of summer with some water and a donut yeah you know i mean that's exactly what labor versus management is about yeah but and i want mm -hmm. to throw this out this is the problem i think i need to have you uh unpeel for me and that is uh it sounds like the iatsi the crew people have a union that understands that their people um, have to work or they starve. And they have to get, I don't know about their health care, but you know, and I'm not going to try to mix up too many things at once. Uh, got a letter in the mail last week from SAG or SAG Health saying, hey, we know that you normally have to make 16000 a year uh, to be able to be eligible to get your health care, but we're raising it to seventeen six. And then there were some other things in there. Uh, you know, it's a bigger, whatever, the amount of money you pay. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm Get, I'm thinking maybe a name change of uh, the union might be because I don't get why theirs is more lenient and understanding that people have to work or they become waiters everywhere. So, I don't know. Any thoughts on that? Well, you, you want to talk about healthcare or do you want to talk about IATSE's attitude? I, I will say I want to talk about what we deserve to get and it sounds like IATSE has a better grasp on their people than Sagmite. That's what I want to talk I about. Think, I, think the, I think the difference, Will, is that, and I don't want, I want to be very careful about conflating sure. something. Yeah. Um, 
I don't want to conflate the concept that, that IATSE may not have written in their constitution the exact same uh, dialogue that SAG-AFTRA has right. written into their constitution. Um, obviously, any union uh, has the ability to, because financial core is not something that is union-based. It's Supreme Court-based. It's part of the, um, the, you know, the freedom of America and the democratic society. Sure. That financial core was a Supreme Court decision related to the fact that if you're part of a union, my union dues can't go towards the union leadership's political position, and that's what financial core is. Right. So now, if you're going to ask me, you know, can someone at NIATSE technically go financial core? Uh, of course they can, because yeah. they're in a union. Do I know what percentage of IATSE members have done that? No. Do I know what IATSE's attitude towards from the top of the leadership and more notably no. from some of the senior members would be? I have no idea. I'm no. not going to speak to that. But why would they I won't become say things core? that I don't know. But I do know this. <clears throat> Over the last 30 years that I've been part of this union, uh, IATSE has been far more, this is the irony in this, they're far more strong-armed about attacking the people who employ or, or try to convince IATSE workers to work a non-union job, whereas our union is far less attacking of that, yet has the Global Rule 1 as a part of our Constitution. So you can look at one, six, half, six one, half a dozen the other, um, in terms of, and I would like both of them to be both, yeah. in that it's, that it's, it's very much something that we, uh, you can be removed from the union for, but also that our union would spend more time doing exactly what it's doing tomorrow at 11 a.m. at 8360 Melrose Avenue and picketing in front of the BBH ad agency yeah. because they are a signed signatory and they have breached their signatory contract during its term. And if our union doesn't come down on that, then what the hell are we doing? Yeah. And we are coming down on that. Yeah. We well, are you suing are. them. You well, are. Well, this is part of my point, Will, is I would say if I was sitting in front of every single person in a gym at a high school that is technically FICOR of this union at the moment, mm -hmm. I would say both in two parts. Don't want to hear your reasons for doing it because I've heard them all and they're all pretty much the same. Understand your frustration. Be a part of the solution. That would so, be part of my point. Okay, let's go to that. Um, I totally get what you're saying about because I got a ton of friends that are fight core. I don't. I, know I don't you harbor do. some. I don't harbor some of the venom that a lot of people do about it. Yeah. However, I have have a larger amount of venom for some folks that I know that are fight core who really are talented, really have careers, have worked a lot in union, and um, I, I deem their just their choice to do it as exceedingly unnecessary based on the amount of money they they have made so that's where it gets a little wonky for me but in general i'm still sharing with you i get the fact that it's a choice sure but i'm just sharing with you also the more and more we make ourselves quote unquote um gettable or yeah. beatable yeah the more we will be but you know you said uh, interest, uh, a statement you made which is i know what they have made um, perhaps that choice, again, we're coming back to why people might be, I can't imagine anything, quite honestly, I can't th imagine anything else that would come into a, an actor's mind to say, look, I'm going to become FICOR because I like the, w the colors that they wear. I mean, they're, they're doing it because, uh, in, I guess, um, based upon financial reasons. And quite honestly, I know that that seems to be a lame excuse, but, you know, uh, one of the things that was brought up to me 
which no, is that's hey, the number one thing everybody say. I agree with you. It's yeah, the number one thing every single person says. And if and if yeah, and so if that is the case, then I mean, I, I know this is not an acceptable reason, but how do you take care of that if a person uh, cannot work and listen? I mean, if I spent my whole life educating myself, which I have, to do one thing. You then are asking those people, actors, not you, the union, I guess, is acting those, asking those actors to basically stop doing that because they can't find the work because, number one, there's less union work, and number two, it pays less money, and number three, there's a whole lot of other plethora of reasons why we may not be getting the jobs, to not do anything and just, I don't know what, get a job as a waiter and just eh, hope for the best. And some of us may live a little far away to do that because if i yeah, did no, that I my well, job's I done i understand that will uh, i i and listen we you know as the old joke goes with regards to let's say you know britain and ireland how far do you want to go back in terms of northern ireland and stuff like that right. how far do you want to go back all yeah. i can tell you is is that part of my frustration yeah is that you have thousands and thousands and thousands of actors who are in the same boat as you right and it's they didn't cool. choose to go FICOR. And in addition to that, this situation that we now find ourselves in, which mm -hmm. I consider to be literally dire, and I'm yep. not using that word I lightly, agree. this this didn't happen overnight. No, of course not. It, it's been happening for 20 years. Right. And so it's frustrating to me that um, the, the, the knee-jerk first thing someone does is go FICOR. That's, that's what's frustrating is that as you start to see annually and you start looking at your annual earnings statement – and things start to decline right. and your auditions start to be less for and you start noticing on online casting things that there's more of this. That mm -hmm. didn't happen yesterday, Will. No, I know that. That started happening in 2002, oh. in 2003. And so, a you know, it's frustrating for me that people just ignored that, didn't get involved, didn't learn any more about how their union functions, didn't learn any more about who's making the decision. And I respectfully get that to a degree. Part of my desire in terms of wanting to help us, you know, the old mantra that I created way before Jerry Maguire for the Actors Network is help us help you help all yeah, of us, yeah. um, is what, what, the hell is it, what, what the hell does it take? What does it take for someone to finally wake up and go, man, this shit is going bad? Yeah, yeah, you know, I agree with you, and make sure I check 1330 and bleep that word. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. It's all right. It's all right. I just don't want to get a call from the stations in the middle of the night going, what's wrong with you? Anyway, um, but the fact of the matter is, I, I totally get that. But you know what? It went back farther than that in 1985. I remember people, uh, you know, going under uh, the name of John Smith and, and, you know, pretending they weren't who they were on their card and, and, you know, because they wanted to work. Now, I bet it's a little bit different nowadays because the fact, well, maybe not, but maybe uh, because nowadays, obviously, there's a lot less and a lot more actors and blah, 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 blah. Bottom line is, is that it, it's still, I mean, look, I said, this to you in a text is that listen kevin you're terminally ill and you have a choice you can go to the western medicine people and they're going to go hey i'm going to give you these pills to make you comfortable but you're going to die so do you sit down and die or do you find a way any way you can to help yourself and your family and i get that you don't like that conversation but the fact is is that you're talking about people that have trained themselves since day one to do a job and now they're being told 
by a union, no offense, of some uh, one percenters saying, yeah, you know, we, it's, like, it's like the conversation you and I, Kevin, have about uh, when we're doing our uh, political stuff, is, is that, you know, this is the conversation that Republicans were having, or we were having about the Republicans being the 1% and not getting that uh, Joe, average Joe, Joe the plumber, needs to be able to support and feed their kids and their family. I get sure. you don't like it. But, so, but he, no, no, but here's the thing. Well, this is where I'm coming from because you know this about me, yeah. right? No one's stopping. No one can stop. This is kind of my point. This is why this feels like a, a, a one-sided conversation in which there's still inaction. There is nothing legally keeping you from remaining FICOR. Oh, I know. They can't be taken away from you. I know. Your right to work non-union jobs can't be taken away from you because of the choice that you made. Right. So my conversation to everyone who's FICOR is, okay, so, but what about the other side? What about what about what anyone who is FICOR who's taking advantage of that, which in some way is hurting the union and hurting our strength? What are you doing on the other side, you know, you being the universal you will, yeah. to help so you can actually start seeing those listings and start and see the activity change? That's sure. my comment to FICOR people. Like there are three or four guys who are FICOR that are were monster commercial earners that are that are friends of mine, right? Mm-hmm. And what I don't see from them is I don't see any interest in helping the cause. Oh well, yeah, so that's, that's a whole frust- other so that's, show. That's very frustrating to me. In that you have made this decision, that's cool. I'm not going to vilify you for it. I'm having a conversation with oh, you. Oh, absolutely. About it. But oh, I don't think time, you're personally attacking me. I'm not worried about, about that. all these years that have gone by when you've been doing one thing your whole life, but one of the things you've actually not paid attention to, the universal you is, wait a second, what's going on? I mean, again, I know our community well, and I get kind of how blind and passive, but all those union jobs you've ever worked in your life, mm-hmm. you got all the benefits yeah. of what people have fought and spit for. Right. You get the residuals, you get all that stuff. Yeah. When the mechanism starts to fail, you got to be involved in you know picking up that t- that tote and that bale and pushing it back up the hill. And I'm just sharing with you that that the the choice to simply turn your card in. I'm not saying it's an easy one. The process to go through no. is certainly not an easy one. No. By the way, the process to get back in the union not, not an easy, easy one. No. However, where's the effort on the other side? That's my only point. It's not about vilification or venom or anything else. It's just, well, wait a second. You you get the benefit of both. You can go on and take a $5,000 non-union job and a $10,000 job mm-hmm. because you have kids and a family and you live far yeah. away. And, and, that, and you know, that's your scenario. But I'm just sharing with you, Will. <laughs> it wouldn't matter. I know people who are FICOR who don't have kids who don't live where you live. And they still justify it as, well, I need the money. I totally okay. agree with what you're saying. So I- be it. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. And with that, I'll say, we're not saying goodbye to you yet, but I'm about to say, you're listening to Acting Up Radio and ActingUpRadio.com, a show about industry information, uh, education, and uh, making sure that we get the information out there that you learn how to be a good professional businessman, ga- girl, guy, 
woman in the industry so you make the right decisions in your own career and in what you are doing so it's uh, uh, in the environment of acting and it all becomes healthy and wonderful. So with that being said, listening and talking with Kevin E. West, of course, Union Working and unionworking.com. This is why I have this on because I do not want to sit down and just let this be another story that people go, yeah, he or she is this or that. And because we know that this is an ever-changing industry. And the unfortunate part, Kevin, is that I'm starting to see this, and I hate to say my political views on this show, <laughs> but let's just, uh, the bottom line is, is that this is starting to look like the Republican playbook when it involves SAG. And I know darn well, Kevin, that there are many, 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 many actors out there that say to themselves, hey, uh, folks, can you say something about what's happening with the union? And they go, blah, blah, blah. My name's Ishka Bebel. I don't know a damn thing. I don't, you know, I'm, you know, I'm Jeff Smith if I want to go off my card. Because no offense, there are actors don't have balls because they don't have the work. And I'm not saying all actors, but people like you and the people actually well, standing up, it's important to do that. It's, it's certainly, it's certainly 98% of us don't. And, and we also have to understand this is, you know, I'm going to try and get some of these, some of these sort of kind of structural points out when speaking with you. Every single actor listening who's either non-union, FICOR, or union needs to understand this. Our union is basically made up of four distinct things, one of which – actually, you could say five if you wanted to. One is elected leadership, which is a volunteer position. Our president down to the, to the, to the, to the yeah. lowest vote-getting board member, no one gets paid. The leadership is responsible for directing the paid staff, yeah. but the staff is broken up into basically two sections. There's the executive staff who really controls everything, and this is L.A., New York, and the affiliates across the country. Yep. So that so you have three entities right there, two levels of staff, the elected leadership, and then you have the members. Right. But the union is the members. Now, you can say right. five because, yes, we have five core people who are currently five core status, so they're not actively involved in any of this stuff, but that's that's the makeup of the union. Well, you don't want to get political, Will, but the bottom line is, is that ever since unions became powerful yeah. uh, in the 70s, union. Um, yeah, the union, um, you know, the, the conservatives of this country and the, you know, the corporate you know, wealthy people have been trying to bust unions for, for 45 right. years. This is not a new conversation. Nope. That's what right to wake work states are. But you also have to recognize the fact that, you know, most of the corporations are, are probably run owned, diversified, etc., to towards which party? It's probably 60-40, right yeah. to left, yeah. right? Yeah. And, you know, Democrats like money, too. Yeah, they do. But the bottom line is when you start talking about some of the big corporations, that that, that does go in line with some form of a party line. So yeah. you don't even have to be political. It really is just, honestly, statistics. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't need to get political. And, again, as the old joke goes, you know, um, most people will push you as far as you'll let them. That's, That's right. just a life scenario. That's true. You know, inch, take a mile, right? Sure, sure. Well, because unfortunately, they can't stand up. In my opinion, Will, for 20 years, I go back to 1998 and Richard Mazur, our president at the time. Yeah. We have been giving far more than an inch yeah. for 20 years. Yeah. And that's why we're where we are. And it, it aggravates the living snot out of me because yeah. I have a pension and I'm concerned about it, its existence when I choose to take it whether it's you know 10 years from now or 15 years from now. And this is one of the reasons why I am heavily involved with union working today and what we've been doing for the last two plus years 
because this isn't just our contracts. Yes, the contracts come up in February, March for commercials. Our elections are four months later in July, August. This is also about leadership. And a huge number of people that are in leadership are friends of mine. But the bottom line is stuff isn't getting done. No. And it's not getting done properly. It's being reversed. And that's. Yeah. And so, you know, the staff is going to have their opinions and have their feelings, certainly. And certainly the executive staff is, you know, David White being, you know, the head lawyer of our of our union. But they're still directed and serve at the pleasure of the direction of the elected leadership. Right. So um, it, it is a complex issue. But all I can say to anybody listening is if you actually care and you're just not going to be the default. I just want to be a star and I just want to work until then. And I really don't want to have to go do a phone sales job or a door-to-door job or wait tables or work at a law firm. By the way, I'm going down the list of all the things that I've yes. done in my life. Right. Um, you know, I get it, but there are thousands and thousands of actors who do. Huh? And the reality is I'm just begging people to actually start learning because you – you can only really start barking and you can only really make change when you understand how the mousetrap works. You're absolutely right. But let me interject that I agree with what you're saying wholeheartedly, but there's a bit of a problem right now in regards to the equation that we're talking about. And that is is that no one really gives a rat's behind about what a FICOR actor has to say. Although they had the balls to get out there, write the letter and say something. No, I'm not the one saying my name is John Norwood or Robert Norwood, which I have done very, very early in my career, I mean like in the 80s, and pretended I was someone else because I have pride and I have dignity. So with that being said, I totally understand what you're saying, but you're only asking one segment of the population. And SAG, and it sounds like even your group, won't really allow union, maybe I'm wrong, won't allow uh, FICOR people to have a say-so because there's a stigma that we're all pariah, and the problem is is that we don't get it because we're the ones making it bad. Meanwhile, back on the ranch, while people are sitting in the meetings that perhaps you're having or SAG is having, having, and they just got done doing something as Ishkabibble because they didn't want to go by their card name and they're off the card, Eh, you know, I mean, this is the problem we faced. You don't really want our opinion. That's why I have my own radio show. Well, first of all, understand that the laws of the Supreme Court are what precludes you from being in an active role as a member. Once Not again, active. Don't blame, don't, don't blame the union for that. Hang on, hang on. Let me, let me address every single okay. thing. Number two, if you're a FICOR, and I've already said this to you, and it makes me angry. If you're a FICOR person and you've made that hard decision to turn your card in, and you encounter an actor on a set with you, Who's actually lying their butt off? Yeah, yeah. I didn't cause you an edit right there. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> lying their butt off, and they're actually working off the card. It is your job and your responsibility to stand up both for yourself, your choice, your decision in your union, and report them immediately on your phone. As go union. But you don't want me, not you, but you don't want me, union, to be recognized. Although I pay my dues I, and pay. I, I, that's not true, Will. We, we've actually encouraged FICOR people to come to our meetings because we are not an official union group. We're, we're a group right. of people who give a crap. That's right. You, That's right. You, you, any FICOR person anywhere along the way except for one meeting that we had that was specifically about contract negotiations right. because because those fo- very folks who are FICOR can't go to W&W, 
is the only time in our two-plus-year history that we excluded FICOR people from any of our meetings. I'd love to have our meetings have 30 FICOR people in it because I know what all the arguments are. Yeah, because, you so know, contracts do not, don't affect us. Please do not us. include us in the conversation that we're not okay with FICOR people. That's not true for unionworking.com. And, and that's why I said that. Because there, there are things that you and I do this a lot. There are things that you and I, and we talked about the Facebook post and being able to know that each other was going to be able to extrapolate, or not name, not the word, extrapolate. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Uh, are going to be able to uh, extract uh, the important information and be able to help move this on. I cannot tell you, folks, more than I'm going to say right now that, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, that Kevin is uh, by far, and I'm not saying, you don't need to say anything after this, Kevin. Uh, you know, you are the Mother Teresa of this whole sort of like garbage detail that's going on right now. And by all means, you always have the most important thing in uh, in your mind and your heart, and that's the people in the union, not just yourself. And I will say that there is a reason why, and I can talk to a lot of people and almost anybody with this little platform I have that's syndicated. I can talk to anybody, but I always make the choice to talk to Kevin E. West, not just because he's an accomplished author, by the way, has a new book out, uh, not because he has uh, been the Actors Dash Network for, uh, what, 20, 30 plus years, but and not because he's the most knowledgeable person that there is in the industry, but because I know he has passion and I know he has consideration and compassion for his fellow uh, members of either the union or non-union, making sure that they do the right thing. So, Kevin, with that being said, unionworking.com, and you got to go there. If you don't, uh, you really don't deserve to be in this uh, in the union or even attempt to want to be in the union. There's a lot of people that ask me, should I be in it? Should I wouldn't? Should I be FICOR? And I usually answer uh, opposite of what I maybe have done myself. But, Kevin, I commend you for what you do, and you know you are a true and dear friend. I appreciate it, my friend, very much, and I appreciate the platform for us to try and assist anybody with a perspective, balance, understanding, information, education, and perhaps the window to look at maybe you know adding a few hours into their week to uh, trying to help us help you help all of us. Absolutely. And by the way, if the union hears this, which we hope they do, and they decide to blackball Will Roberts, I'm going to go into the name of Anna Mae Wong, so people watch every movie that comes oh. out with that name. That's awesome. Chorus line. Yeah, sorry. A little bit of a background. Well, I'm just going under I'm just going under Bert and Ernie after what recently <laughs> occurred. So I thought that would be that would be great. There you go. <laughs> Kevin e. West, of course, oh boy, there's many places you can go, but right now we're concentrating it all into unionworking.com. Check it out on Instagram and all that other Facebook and everything. Just go to unionworking.com. Please watch it. Please be interactive because if you don't, you're just sitting there alone, and that's not the purpose of a union. Thanks, Kevin, for your time, brother. My pleasure, man. All right, Acting Up Radio, uh, thanks for hanging out with us this week. We went a little long, but uh, make sure you go on the website because I'm going to have an interesting video coming up of the actual um, protest out there at um, in Los Angeles. So check it out. See you next week. Be safe, be well, and be successful. That's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Please clear the set. <laughs>